Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear listeners, in these weeks of Advent, that is, of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world, we prepare ourselves for the celebration of his birth, for Christmas. Last week, we heard about his coming as included in the birth announcement of John, the herald of the king. The angel Gabriel came to Zechariah and said, Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. This son will be the forerunner of the great king. He will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him. Then we hear how Luke in his account of these events reports on another visit by the angel Gabriel, namely to a virgin named Mary. To her, he confirms the announcement of the birth of the Christ, the King himself. He will be the great King. He is called Great because he is the Son of the Most High. Great though he may be, however, yet how humble is his coming into this world. Just the mother is informed of her special calling to become the mother of the Lord, whom she may bring into this world. Others don't hear about it. Unlike the event of Gabriel's announcement to Zechariah, when the people who were waiting outside became aware of something very special having happened to him, here no one hears anything. Given the fact that this is the announcement of the birth of a king, it is not accompanied of a special message heralded by a royal servant. Of course not, for who is Mary anyway? Who would know this Mary who is called here to this special task? In fact, this is part of the Messiah's coming in humiliation. His coming to dwell in the flesh among us, joining us in our disgraced existence. That's how deeply he humbled himself already here, and much more even when at the end of his life he gives himself over to be crucified. That's the King Jesus Christ, the King whose birth is announced here. He emptied himself of all his glory in order to save us. He came to deliver us from the misery into which we plunged ourselves. Indeed, that's the king whose coming we celebrate in his first advent. So six months after he had come to Zechariah to announce the birth of a son, the herald of the king, Gabriel came to Mary. The announcement is made in the most solemn manner. 
He came from the highest heaven where he stands in the presence of God. His message this time seems even more unbelievable than the previous one. In both instances, therefore, Luke shows clearly that it is God's wonderful miracle by which both John and Jesus are conceived. The conception of Jesus, however, will be the most unique that will ever be. Dear listener, please realize that this most unbelievable announcement of this most unique conception is made in such an extraordinary way. God sends an angel from the highest heavens, from his very presence, to the earth. Indeed, but where? He doesn't go to the temple as in Zechariah's case, the center of Israel's religious and cultural life, not to the center of public or political life in Israel either, but rather to a distant place that was unknown to most, to Nazareth. It's a town, Luke writes, where Gabriel goes to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Who in the world would know this place, this woman, or this man? Remarkable, especially since we see Gabriel go on his most important mission ever, it's the more remarkable when he is sent to a most unimportant area or place. Yet, that's the style of our God. His announcement of the Savior is not made where we would expect it, for the whole matter and way of our salvation doesn't fit our expectations. God doesn't fit our way or patterns of life. His way fits the life of the humble, the ones who know their own insignificance and humble state, who realize that salvation couldn't come from man, whatever. That's where God comes with his work of salvation. The gospel always is full of surprises, yes, of amazing grace. Mary, dear listeners, was a virgin, we read, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. They hadn't had their wedding day yet, nor consummated their marriage. She is still a virgin. When the angel enters her abode, he starts out with a special greeting. The words of his greeting are unusual and special. Greetings, you who are highly favored. She is highly favored because by the grace of God she may become the mother of the Savior. These words of the angel moved Mary and troubled her very, very much. Understandably so, we would say. In Gabriel's greeting, you can sense the excitement and the amazement at the message he is about to bring. No wonder he expresses this in the manner and words of his greeting. 
It's like a word of congratulation to Mary. Mary, on the other hand, doesn't know what's coming to her. Gabriel may announce to her the great plan God has with her, a gracious plan. I quote, You will be with child and give birth to a son, Jesus, Savior. Mary is favored, dear listener, though she is a sinner like everyone else. She may bear the Savior of the world. That's how you are blessed indeed when Jesus the Savior enters your life by the grace of God according to the plan of God. There are many today who say, Where is God? Well, here He is, your God and Savior. He is in His words, in His gift of Jesus, in the proclamation of the gospel, in His people who share in His grace in Jesus Christ. He is the Emmanuel, God with us, in whom God has come very near to us, near to His people in this broken world. He has brought light in the darkness of our miserable existence. He has shown His mercy to Israel, His grace to you and me. Yes, but in order to be overwhelmed by this reality, you will have to know yourself as sinner, who is in the gravest need for grace. Then you will be able to understand Mary's bewilderment, Mary's joy and blessedness too, and you will join Mary in singing your praise to God for the fact that He has come to you and known you in your very humble state as sinner in God's eyes. Now it is in this humble abode of Mary, this simple girl, that the angel Gabriel comes to visit and to announce the birth of the great king in the house of David. In him all the promises are fulfilled which Samuel made, all that the prophets and psalms foretold about him. He will be great, and you may wonder what Mary's expectation has been in that regard. Jesus, her child, on the throne of David, reigning in Jerusalem, driving out the enemies and restoring the peace to Israel? Well, if that were the case, what has become of it, you wonder? He became thirty-three years old on earth, and he died a shameful death on the cross. His disciples were plain people mostly, without influence in the world. In Jerusalem, the throne of David was not restored. Rather, the city was destroyed in the year 70, and the Jews were dispersed over the world. Still, the words of the angel did come true, especially since he wanted to be small and simple, humble and plain voluntarily. He received the royal crown as reward for his suffering and death. He told his disciples just before his ascension to this throne, I quote, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, unquote. 
He is on his throne in heaven today, and he rules from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. He rules in the hearts of his subjects by his word and spirit. Yes, Jesus did become great, and he still shows his greatness in defending and preserving his church, saving people by his word and spirit. Do you also belong to these people, dear listener? And would you not also want to share in all his benefits by faith and join his people in church, hearing the voice of the church as you are doing today? Please come and know yourself invited by the great King himself. Thank you so much for listening.